0: Well, simply Jesus, that's what we are about, not today only, but throughout the year. And sometimes, like today, our focus is not going to be so much upon the words of Jesus as they will be upon the actions of Jesus. We're going to look at what was going on in his life. And and the reason that we are going to look at, at the words and at the actions of Jesus, there's a reason why we're going to do that. And we're going to look at a verse of scripture in just a second. But I want you to remember this verse. You don't really have to worry where it comes from. Just remember the words. It's not long. It's powerful. And it's what we're about this year. It comes from 1 John 4. And it says, In this world we are like Jesus. Now say that with me. In this world we are like Jesus. Now when John wrote those words, he was uh, writing to his, his church he was writing about love and he says you know Jesus loved this way and we're going to love this way because in this world we are like Jesus but whenever we look at Jesus whether it's his compassion his forgiveness his mercy uh, his love whatever it is our calling is to be like Jesus in this world at least we're supposed to be that's our calling that's our goal this year well, last week we looked at the first words of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Luke. This week we're going to look at the first words of Jesus as recorded in Matthew's Gospel. And Matthew doesn't get there till the very end of chapter 3. And he gives us a lot of narrative there in chapters 1 and 2 uh, with Jesus' genealogy and some of the drama that was happening before the birth of Jesus and the drama after Jesus was born. If you're not familiar with that drama, uh, please read it. Uh, chapter 3, though, is just about entirely about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus. He was just a few months older than Jesus. I, I preached about John the Baptist back in Advent when we focused on repentance. And the reason I preached on John the Baptist because that was his message. His message was all about repentance. And uh, by the time Jesus comes onto the scene, John the Baptist had been preaching for a number of years and he had become quite popular. Large crowds would travel out to the Judean wilderness where he was to hear him preach. And it's a good thing he had large crowds because his whole point of preaching was to prepare the people for the Lord. And so let's go to Matthew 3 verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, uh, for some time, this was John, he was out in the wilderness, he was preaching about repentance and preparing for the Lord. And Andrew and Philip, who were uh, two of the twelve apostles, uh, they actually were disciples of John the Baptist before they ever met Jesus. Well, one day, guess who shows up to hear John the Baptist preach? Yeah, that's always a good answer, folks. You're going to learn, you're going to learn, it's always a good answer. And even if it's not, I'm not going to you know, call you out for saying Jesus in church. So one day, Jesus shows up, and let's pick it up in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Now there's been plenty of uh, stuff written about what Jesus meant by fulfilling all righteousness. And that's not really the topic of this message. Not completely anyway. But suffice it to say that a sinless Jesus humbled himself by submitting to a baptism for the repentance of sin even though he had no sin. He would later humble himself Uh, to submit to die on the cross for sin, even though he had no sin. Now remember last week when uh, we were talking about Jesus in the temple as a 12-year-old boy, and he made it clear that he was all about his father's business. He was all about doing the will of God. So in this reading, Jesus submits himself to his father's will and is baptized. Submitting to his Father in heaven was important to Jesus. Submitting to his Father in heaven was important to Jesus. Do you remember that verse from 1 John that we're supposed to memorize? In this world, say it with me, in this world we are like Jesus. So submitting to his Father in heaven was important to Jesus, therefore it should go without saying That submitting to our Father in heaven should be important to us. But let's continue with this story. Jesus submitted to his Father by being baptized. And let's see what takes place at that scene. We go to Matthew 3.16. As soon as... As Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment. Just imagine this. The heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and landing, alighting on him in a voice from heaven. I wonder what that sound like. This is God's voice. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. My goodness, what an amazing, what an amazing experience. I got to ask you, have you ever had have you ever had a powerful religious experience? Anybody? Yeah. I mean, this was a mountaintop experience and Jesus has a mountaintop experience in the Jordan River. Comes up and God speaking. It was powerful. It was powerful. Man, he submitted to his father and has a mountaintop experience. I imagine That after having that mountaintop experience, he goes out and starts walking on the water. Don't you think? I mean, he's filled with power. I bet after that experience, he goes out and starts feeding multitudes with just bread and fish. He's got all that power. It's mountaintop. I bet after that mountaintop experience, he goes out and starts raising people from the dead. It's powerful. Let's read the very next verse. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What? Mountaintop to the wilderness. Mountaintop to temptation. How can that be? How can it be? Well, I'm going to give you the short answer up front. Then we're going to explore it. And the short answer is this. Our mountaintop experiences prepare us for the wilderness. See, if you have a, a mountaintop experience with the Lord and you don't venture into the wilderness, you're missing out on something because God was preparing you for something. Now, the question we got to deal with is did the Holy Spirit, did God lead Jesus into temptation? Hmm. No. Now, the Gospel of Luke words it in a way that's a little better to understand. Let's go to Luke 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And so the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, and in the wilderness, Jesus experienced temptation. Remember our verse? In this world we're like who? Yeah, so the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into the wilderness as well. But hang in there, there's good news coming. Now, why would God's Holy Spirit lead us into the, Holy, into the wilderness? Why would God lead us to a place where it could be dangerous? Is God cruel? No. I want you to think a minute about this word, Wilderness. Do you know where the wilderness was in biblical times? Wilderness was anything outside of the wall of the city. All of the cities where most of the people lived had big walls around them. And once you left the wall of the city, you had entered into the the wilderness. So either you were in a place that gave you some protection... Either you were in a place that you felt secure and safe or you were in the wilderness. And So for you and I, when we feel uncomfortable and vulnerable, we have entered into the wilderness. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us into situations where we feel uncomfortable and vulnerable. But hang in there, I told you good news is coming, and it is. Now, in the wilderness of Israel, you would need protection, especially in those days. In the desert of Israel, you would need uh, protection from the elements. You would need protection from the wild animals. And you would, especially in those days, you would need uh, protection from uh, people like thieves and, and bandits. So why in the world would one go into the wilderness? Why go there? Because very often the people who need to know about God and the people who need to hear about God, they're in the wilderness. And metaphorically, for us, the wilderness is a place where we don't feel comfortable. It's a place where we don't feel safe. It's a place where we don't feel secure. But this is what we need to know. And this is the good news about God sending us into the wilderness. When God sends us into the wilderness, God will offer us protection. I want us to think for a moment about the story of Jonah. You know the story of Jonah? I don't know. A lot of people think they do, but they don't. I mean, he got swallowed by a great big old whale, right? There's no whale in the story. Read it again. It's a big fish. And you know the story, he's such a great guy. Jonah is such a great guy, isn't he? He's like a hero, right? If you think that, you haven't read the book. He's, he's really kind of a weasel and a despicable guy. He is. Uh, Jonah, Jonah was, was this guy um, that, that God wanted him to go to a foreign city and talk to foreigners about God he wanted him to go to Mexico and talk to them illegal aliens about God and Jonah said I'm not going I don't like those kind of people well it wasn't really Mexicans it was Ninevites but he didn't like them and so what does he do he runs away from God he's no hero forget what the Sunday school flannel boards used to tell you he's not the hero let's go to Jonah this is chapter 1 verse 1 The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now, where was Tarshish? It was in Spain. As far as the Jews knew, it was the farthest place in the world away from them. So he runs to the ends of the earth to get away from God because he doesn't want to go talk to those people that he doesn't like. About the Lord. And the only reason the big fish swallows him. Is because he's such a big coward. And God brings him back. And and so Jonah was never happy about it. And even at the end of the story. Lo and behold the foreigners repent. But Jonah's all mad. And he's just sitting there having a pity party. Because they came to love love God. And I wanted to be special. Mm, He's not a nice guy. Here's the thing. I think Jonah loved God. I really do. I think he loved God. He just didn't trust God. When God wanted Jonah to enter that metaphorical wilderness of his, when God wanted him to go to a place where he didn't want to go and where he felt uncomfortable, Jonah could have stopped and he could have just spent some time in prayer saying, God, I don't want to go, and I am uncomfortable, and i got to tell you, in my heart, I don't even like those people. And I think had he spent time in prayer, God would have worked in Jonah's heart. And I think the story of Jonah would have been vastly different than what we have now. Fortunately, we do have a lot of stories in the Bible. Stories in the Bible where someone is sent where... The only way they would make it is if they spent time in prayer and got strength and power from God. Stories about people who were successful. Stories about people going into the wilderness and, 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 and just shining the light for God. And the story of Jesus going into the wilderness is one of those stories. Actually, metaphorically, from that day on, Jesus never left the wilderness until he rose from the dead. We're going to be exploring this story of Jesus in the wilderness a great deal over the next several weeks. But here's the thing. Metaphorically speaking, you and I have wildernesses to which we are called. Your wilderness may be that person that God wants you to talk to. And maybe you know good and well who this is. Or maybe God hasn't put this person in your life yet. But there's a person God wants you to have a relationship with, talk to God. Maybe maybe like, like, like Jonah, it's a place and you just don't want to go there because you just don't like it there. But we all have a wilderness to which God wants us to go. The story of Jesus in the wilderness is a story of temptation. And the story of us going into the wilderness is often a story of temptation. Because in the wilderness, we are tempted to be less than what God desires of us. In the wilderness, we are tempted not to let the light of Jesus shine. Jesus said in Matthew 5, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp. And put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify your father in heaven. In the wilderness we are tempted. We are tempted not to speak about Jesus. Not to stand for Jesus. In the wilderness we are tempted. But here's the thing. Remember God offers us strength and protection. And the psalmist knew this. And he wrote, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him. When the Lord is your strength, when the Lord is your shield, you will be able to go out into the wilderness and be light to a dark world. So I want you to think and pray about this in the days to come. Where is your wilderness? Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. Where is your Nineveh? Where is it? Who is it? Pray to God. Tell Him your, tell him your misgivings. It's okay to have them. Tell, talk to God about it. He'll provide you the strength and the power. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we give you thanks. For what you have done for us, but there is something, Lord, that we can do for others. You have called us; your spirit is leading us sometimes to go to places we're just not sure about. And so, Lord, we're praying right now: give us the strength and the power to go where you would lead. Give us the resolve to be the people you would have us be. Help us to live in such a way that the light of Jesus would shine through through us. That others would come to know you and, and want to know more about you. Because we went into the wilderness to be with them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.